here on a number of occasions recently, and we feel very privileged to be able to um, introduce him again this morning. Uh, he was with us a few months ago, and when we were putting the series together, we were very intentional about wanting to minister uh, over the summer, that really, that whole thought, we know that people go on holidays, and holidays are allowed, you be refreshed and enjoy but actually, when we're here, we're not on holiday. We're ready and we're believing and we're expecting to receive from God. And in light of that, we said we're going to do a faith series over these next, next six weeks. And last week, we saw the joy of baptizing a number of people. And Phil ministered in, and I understand there are a number of people who responded to receive Christ as Lord and Savior, which was absolutely fantastic. Uh, just but while I, while I uh, just add to that, Phil and Sharon are away on holiday. It was a miss of me not to mentioned this this morning, but they're away, and we pray that God would bless them as they're away. And uh, so when we was putting together, I said to Phil, I said, we need to invite John. He says, I don't know whether you'll get him. He's really busy and whatever. I says, well, let's let's give it a whirl. So um, John and uh, uh, John's team were able to work things through, and John moved things around so he could be here with us this morning. And uh, John needs no introduction, but for those who are new this morning, John is the national leader of Assemblies of God GB and a network of churches that goes from Scotland right down to the south coast and across, uh, you know, east and west and uh, is a great, great man of God and we love him here. We love you, Andrine, as well being here. Um, She'll keep him in check, I'm sure. And uh, they're just a wonderful, wonderful couple. If I can just say this as a personal thing, you know, although he's the national leader, he's so you're so personal, John, and personable. You're approachable. And that's not always the case with a lot of significant leaders. And so I thank you for that, for making a decision to be open and vulnerable and, and just encouraging and affirming of younger leaders like me. So I wonder if we could just show our appreciation to, to John and to Andrew. And John's going to be sharing this morning as John comes. Thank you, John. Thank you, Christian. Well, good morning. It really is an absolute delight for us to be here. And uh, I got, you know, you got a little bit broody when the baby was shown. I was getting a little bit broody as well. So I think it's time we had some more grandchildren. I do. I mean, that's. Kids are absolutely wonderful, are they? And it really was tremendous. I, I, I debated whether to say this or not, because if, it, if this gets out to other churches, I'm in trouble. So can you keep a secret? Can you keep a secret? This is one of my favourite churches, and uh, I get the I get the opportunity to go to to many many churches, as you will uh, appreciate. Uh, but Christian is right that when when you were kind enough to invite me back, because I was here only a few months ago, without my wife then, so I could really let rip. Today I've got to stand here and be very statesmanlike. And uh, but when when you invite me back, I just wanted to be here because I think I've told you this before. We've pastored a number of churches, and I think that this is the nearest to the kind of church that we were pastoring. Uh, the same kind of feel, a multi generational church, a church that had outreach into the community, a church that knew how to enjoy life. I mean, Jesus Christ said uh, that He'd come to give us life and life that was above the average. You can enjoy, you can smile. I must have told you this before, I'll say it one more time and then we'll get into the Word of God. But Billy Graham says that God never ever uses a miserable Christian. So have a look at the person next to you now and see if God can use them. Have a look, see if you can use them.
I think I was at a meeting where probably Colin Whitaker was the preacher, and there was a guy that got up to testify. He said, well, I used to be a miserable sinner. I thought, yes, and you're a jolly miserable Christian now. You're gonna... <laughs> How many of you have brought your Bibles with you? Many brought Bibles? Okay, turn with me, please, to the book of Psalms. Psalm 103. I'm going to take a very, very unusual approach to the subject of faith and do it in a totally, totally different way. So we'll see how it goes. Psalm 103. It says, Bless the Lord, O my soul. And now, hang on a minute. Can I just tell you this as well? The last time I was here, I was about to go to a, a, a prayer meeting in London, a black, with a black community. Uh, there were 43,000 people at that prayer meeting. They take the Excel Center twice a year. I asked them, how much does it cost you to rent out this place? They said a half a million pounds. So twice a year, one group, it's called the Redeemed Church of Christ, a black group in this country. They are the fastest growing denomination in the world today. It's a Pentecostal group. I had no idea what I was going to. When they told me that there'd be over 40,000 there, I thought, oh yes, pull the other leg. And yet, when I got there, it had 43,000 people in. They prayed through the whole of the night. And it was absolutely dynamic and wonderful. When I got up to preach, because I think, I think I'm a black person in a white body. <laughs> hey, glory, glory, glory. I got up to preach, you only had to say, Jesus Christ is Lord. And the people went wild. They knew that when you said it, you meant it, and that he is the Lord of all. Now, just... Just for me, because I've had to cancel loads of things in order to be here today. So make me feel at home. If I say anything that blesses you at all, just pretend you're black just for today. <laughs> Let there be a rip of amen, hallelujah, or glory to God. Because I've just read to you the scriptures. It says, bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Almost. Last time, because I've got to get onto the word. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Oh, bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. He forgives all of our iniquities. He heals all of our diseases. He redeems our life from destruction and crowns us with loving kindness and tender mercies. He satisfies our mouth with good things so that our youth is renewed like the eagles. So bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Father, help me to communicate in these next 20, 25 minutes something of worth, speaking to every single one of us. Give us ears to hear what the Spirit wants to say. I pray it for the glory of your name. Amen? Amen. Now, probably, we've already honoured Colin and Hazel, but Colin's probably the only person here that will understand the definition of this word, but we will find out. Because Jesus himself wants every one of us here to become ornithologists. What is an ornithologist, do you know? Oh, intelligent congregation, Christian. They are bird watchers. 
I actually, I, I love watching birds. We've got a table in our garden, and uh, I, I've, I've always enjoyed it. I've got books, book, carry a book in the car with me, and wherever I go, I really, really enjoy watching birds, which is pretty good because Jesus said, John, I want you to become an ornithologist. He said, but I didn't, I, I've never seen that in the Word of God. Well, you obviously haven't read what I read. It tells me in the book of Matthew. Therefore, Jesus says to you, don't worry about your life, what you're going to eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. Actually, one version puts it like this, behold the birds of the air. And actually, when you take it right back to the original, the word to look at or to behold means to study. It means to deeply look at. Not just a glance, but to really look at the bird. So, Jesus himself wants us to become bird watchers. I wonder why that is. Actually, I had a rather strange thought. I I thought it might be because... Some Christians, if not all Christians, could be likened to a bird. I'll give you an example. Now, listen, please, at the church here, behave yourself today. Do not think, oh, John is now describing sister so-and-so on the front row or brother so-and-so. What kind of a bird would best describe you? You see, some Christians I know, if I'm totally honest, they're like ostriches. I'm not talking about that they've got long necks and a thin and skinny legs. I'm talking about the fact that the ostrich is known for burying its head in the sand. And some Christians are like ostriches. They bury their heads in the sand. They don't realize what's going on in the world. They have no interest in Syria. They have no concept of what the Holy Spirit is breathing into the earth today. Uh, They don't know what laws are being passed just across the water that can affect the body of Christ. I, I tell you something, I think that actually as Christians, we need to be like the men of Issachar who understand the times and then should know what the church should do. And it is not really acceptable for any Christian to be an ostrich. You need... To not have your head buried in the sand, but to know what is going on. You say, well, I do. (laughs) That's good. Make sure you're not a turkey. Now, before we have any comment about my weight, because it does tend to go up and down a little bit, as Anne Leighton reminded me this morning when she saw me. She says, oh, you're on an up at the moment, are you? I mean, no. I don't want to. I need to get it off. I need to get it out of there. But turkeys, do you know something about turkeys? They do not fulfill their destiny. Because a bird is made to fly. And actually, the turkey doesn't fly. It pecks away, it eats, it gets fat. And it doesn't fly anywhere. In fact, it just gets fat ready for us to have a good Christmas dinner. (laughs) Of course, you can liken that into, if you like, a spiritual application. That some Christians are like turkeys that... They aren't interested in fulfilling their destiny and going higher 
and accomplishing what God would want of them, but really they say, give me, give me, give me, feed me, feed me. This church here is not a church. It wants to be a people of faith who are prepared to be fed in order that it can be given out. Hmm, <laughs> not turkey Christians. Well, what do you think of today? I said, what do you think of today? What do you think of today? What do you think of today? A parrot. Some Christians are like parrots. They just repeat themselves. I said, they just repeat themselves. <laughs> and some Christians are like that. They actually have no revelation of God for themselves, but live on the revelation of others. And let me tell you, you need to be someone that just doesn't churn out what other people are saying, but can actually hear from God for yourself so you can bring something into a conversation. I said, bring something into the conversation. Study the birds. Behold the birds. What kind of bird best likens you? (laughs) Magpies. They gather things. Steal things. Cuckoos. And of course there are Christians like that. Just gather. It's all about what they can get. Take from others. Oh, there's the, the new blessing of what's happening down the road in the church down there. Let's go down there. Let's gather from that. And then the new blessing is over here. Let's go over here. Let's go. gather, gather, gather. Still, still, still. And then, of course, there's, although they're, they're diminishing in this country at the moment, but starlings, have you ever seen the starlings? What a racket they make. Just squeaking, squawking, arguing. Do you know any Christians like that? Probably not in this church, but I know some in other churches. Love the sound of their own voice. <laughs> Study the birds. I wonder what kind of bird. Uh, actually, I think I know why, why Jesus was telling us to study the birds. By taking it out of context, actually, but by, by looking at what his book, the Bible, talks about the most. Because there is one bird that is known as the king of birds. There's one bird that soars higher than all the rest. There is one bird that actually enters into the heavens like no other bird. The strongest, the highest, the greatest. It's the eagle. And in order to live a life of faith, there are some of the characteristics to be found in the eagle that ought to be the characteristics of you and I. You see, I'm really making a call this morning For you to rise like never before, to believe like never before, and to actually behold the eagle. Just to let you know, some years ago, I got so fascinated by the eagle, I read about just every book that I could get my hands on. Andrea was sick to death. We've only been married 39 years this month, so we've got a little bit to go yet, but I thought that that was worth a round of applause, but it didn't... You're obviously not a black church. I said, 39 years. Can you imagine what that's been like for me? 39 years. I I bought every book that I possibly could on the eagle. I studied the eagle. I got every tape on the eagle. Because it's absolutely fascinating. and, And I think this is probably one of the reasons why. I think I've got 10 of these. I've brought them along. They're six messages on four CDs on destined to soar, on the life of the eagle. I've got just, uh, I think, ten of them with me. 
And if you want those six messages, then um, I'm doing them at a special rate today because I like the church that much. They're, they're 10 pounds, you can have them for a tenner, and I've just got 10 of them. But when in studying the eagle, there was the one aspect that I, I really wanted to link in for today. And it's really what we read about in that psalm. That actually, the psalm says, bless the Lord, O my soul. But then it says, he wants to satisfy us with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. See, this is actually taking place, this series, in a period in the church and in the calendar when a lot of people go on holiday. It's a, it's a period when actually, and I, we're just about to start it, a little period where we can put your feet up and I'll, I won't be answering emails and that kind of thing. And, and you think, but hang on a minute, I know people like George Ridley. Do you know Georgie? Of course you do. I mean, the output of that man, what a... What, but the truth is this, that when we become Christians, even if we are desiring to become eagle-like Christians, we're going to get tired. We are going to get weary. And I've, I've heard some ridiculous comments about how, oh, well, as Christians, you know, we've got to work for the Lord and everything like that. Hey, well, we should. Of course we should. But the truth of the matter is, it is a characteristic of human beings that through all kinds of reasons, we get tired and weary. Anybody know what I'm on about? We drove here. We live uh, south of Bristol. We live down in Portishead, which is nearer to Clevedon. So we travel, and I travel a great length of up and down the country. And yesterday we set out to, to be able to be here. And last night we went to John Andrews's uh, farewell. And we traveled up and we were in the car. And we set out and my sister-in-law who was with us in the car, she spoke when she shouldn't have spoken. Do you know any women like that, anybody? Well, there should have been an amen to that one. But, uh, but no, no, she's a lovely, lovely lady. But she's sitting there and she says, oh, is not this lovely? She says, the roads are lovely and clear. As soon as you say that. You can almost guarantee that what happened to us is there was a jam. So we decided to take a shortcut. Andrew and I, we have some lovely discussions in the car about shortcuts. You're going the wrong way. You're going the wrong way. Turn left here. Turn right here. About 500 miles later, and I'm not given to exaggeration, we finally, what should have taken us an hour and a half, took us... Well, uh, two and a half, nearly three hours to get to Coventry. And by this time, his sister-in-law, <laughs> she was quiet then. <laughs> she couldn't get a word in edgeways because we were still going on in the car. But the truth of it is just the pressure. The crashes on the motorway and then you get people and they... And, and today, today, somebody come the inside, didn't they? And nearly it is a silly person. The, the pressures of life. You get tired. You get weary. Anybody got grandkids here? Oh, I love grandkids. We've had some more since last time I saw you. We've got six now. One of them I haven't even seen yet. And uh, this, this month, or this in, in August, we're going to Fiji. I just thought I'd throw that in. <laughs> Fiji. In case some of you are going to Bognor Regis or somewhere like that. We're, we're off to Fiji. And I'm doing a conference out there, but also we're having a week's holiday. And my daughter from Australia is flying over and, uh, in an aeroplane. And, <laughs> and she's bringing the grandchildren. I'll see my little, little grandson for the first time. I'm trying to think of his name. Sebastian George, is it? Sebastian George. 
Lovely. Was it, had I had my two extra grandkids the last time I was here? They were all being born within four days of one another. So I've got two more, two boys. Sebastian George, the Australian. Wait until you hear this one. My Heidi, she... Sonny John. That's his name. What are you laughing at my grandkids' name for? Sonny John. Not Sonny Liston, Sonny John. <laughs> yeah, well, you haven't got a grandkid called that. <laughs> it's, it's lovely, it is. It's lovely. It's a lovely name. I'm in trouble for this one, so I'll move on very, very quickly. But, but grandkids, they are lovely. One day with our grandkids, I'm exhausted. I mean, dear, dear me, it's lovely to see them come. It's almost marvellous when you see them go, bye. (laughs) Help me upstairs, love. You know, it's a little bit like that. They're so full of energy. Where do they get all that energy from? I don't know, but the pressures of life. You know what I'm talking about. People, they can make us tired. Pressures can make us tired. Persecution, failures, all kind of things. But we just get weary and tired so that our faith level of being able to move in God is actually restricted somewhat. But the great news is this, and that's why I'm so delighted that there's no letting off as far as ministry goes into the life of the church, because although it might be holiday period out there, you're absolutely right. When we come together, God wants to do something with us so that we actually go out of here feeling good about God, feeling good about our walk with God, feeling good about the community that we can see change because he is an unchanging God. Hallelujah. But better than that, guess what he wants to do? He wants to renew and refresh us Even so that we become like young people again and we actually have the example of the eagle. Renew, refresh. Used to be called Redemption, Redemption Tidings, Joy Magazine. Had a load of other names, didn't it? But we called it when we, uh, well, we called it Re. I'd go around the country and people, you could see them touching. What a ridiculous name. Re, 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 re. It's all right, because I never thought of it. My wife did. <laughs> when people said, that's a good name, I'd say, oh, yeah, it took me a while waiting on God. <laughs> when they said, what a rubbish name, I couldn't help it. It's my wife, I said. Re. It's not as daft as what you think. You see, re is a prefix. It means again. And you notice the number of times in the Bible that we have Re in front of words. Receive the Holy Spirit. Become refreshed. Become revived. Become redeemed. Renew. It means to become new again. To be refreshed means to become afresh again. Reconcile. Recompense. Rejoice. Repent. That's a good one. To again become a pent. No, 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 no. You know, if you go into hotels, the penthouse is always on the top. It's the highest suite in a hotel. And through repentance, God again lifts us to where we ought to be in him. He lifts us to the highest place. Repent. You see, re is a tremendous prefix. 
It means again, and he is an again God. Do you know what he wants to do with you this morning? In your faith level and in your faith life, he wants you to become renewed and reinvigorated so that you go out here again, full of the Holy Ghost and full of faith. Re, re. He's a re-God. So, if it comes right down to it, how is it that the eagle gets renewed? How is it that the eagle becomes refreshed? You see, I have to tell you something about, and there are a whole number of different types of eagle, but the one that I'm thinking of, it can swoop down at something like 200 miles an hour. Pretty fast, that. And and what it does, I'm not going into this, you'd have to buy the series of tapes if you want to know all about this, but the eyesight of the eagle is absolutely remarkable. From way up in the highest place, it can spot a little rabbit. And it likes rabbits. So it thinks, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll swoop down and eat that rabbit up. The rabbit's there, just having a little few carrots or something like that. 200 mile an hour, gets the rabbit. Wonderful. The only thing is, that after a period of time, the feathers on the eagle get ruffled. Little bits of dirt get in there and everything like that. And it doesn't quite swoop quite as fast as what the potential is within it. And more than that, it makes an unusual noise. Because the air going through the feathers at that speed alert the rabbit that's... And he thinks, aha, I hear an eagle coming. Boing, 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 down the hole. And the eagle misses out. And the eagle thinks to himself, I need... They become renewed. I, I, I need something to happen so that I can actually fulfill the potential for which I was created. Just like you and me during times of tiredness and weariness. That just through living life, through no sin, but just being who we are. We just don't run quite as fast. We don't pray quite as hard. We don't see quite as many healings. We don't push into operate in that life of faith quite as we should. And so the eagle has two ways in which it gets renewed. Very important for you to realize this. It has what I call a special time. Now that special time only happens about once every 10 years. And then it has a daily time. Let me talk about the special time, if I may, because it's very, very interesting. We're now talking about the king of all birds, the one that can fly the highest. Actually, interestingly enough, talking about being married for how many years was it? 60, what, 62 years. Oh, dear, dear, dear me. It's wonderful. No, it is wonderful, it is. Well, the thing is, listen to this. The eagle, it mates for life. A lot, of, a lot of birds don't. They you know, find another starling or something like that. But eagles, they mate for life. It's a characteristic. But, but what happens is, it's swooping down. It's finding it's not catching as many rabbits. It's finding that actually it's been a number of years. And so it needs a special time of becoming renewed and refreshed. And so it leaves its partner. Like you do when you go and pray at the nuns. You go alone. The eagle gets away alone. And listen to this because it's important. It flies to the highest rock that it possibly can. There's something, if we want to become refreshed and renewed in our journey of faith, that we 
sometimes need to get alone and go to the rock. Jesus is the rock. And there on the rock, at the special time of renewal and refreshment, he begins to do something very, very unusual. Fellas, I feel I need to digress just a moment, although you'll see the purpose of it. Have you ever tried to get hair out your nose? Andrea, and she says to me sometimes, there's a hair growing down out of your nose. And then she says those immortal words that, of course, almost divorce a number of times, can I get it? Can I get it? Not on your Nelly, we would say in Coventry. She says, well, you've got to do something about it. And this was before those days when you could buy these things that do all kinds of stuff in ears and noses and other parts everywhere. But she has tweezers. What is it about tweezers and women? Sometimes I'll go in the bedroom and I'll see Andrean going like this. Plucking out the hair. So she would hand me the tweezers and say, just pluck the one out of your nose. (gasps) It is worse, ladies, than having a baby. No, you've got no... Listen, you have no idea. Isn't this right, lads? Anybody that's ever done this, it's... This is not really a national leader's message, is it? But, I mean, I've had all kinds of pain in my life, but getting one little hair out of your nose with tweezers, it's unbelievable. Bottles of paracetamol afterwards. You get there, you're praying, you're speaking in tongues. The pain, the pain, the pain. Plucking out a hair. Let's come back to the eagle. On the rock, high up. I told you what happened. Its feathers had begun to get matted and knitted in together. So it begins to pluck out its own feathers. I'll tell you why. Listen, listen. Because amongst all the fun, I want to tell you that the eagle is more interested in the progress that it can make than the pain that it will encounter. So what it does, something like 1,200 feathers. It begins to pluck out the feathers that are matted and knitted together. Progress above pain. And after it's pulled out all the ones that it's needful to do in this renewal progress, that process, this refreshing process, because of being tired and not being able to accomplish all what it is meant to do, it then leaves the rock and swoops down into the cool, flowing river. And there, as it swoops down into the river, it allows the water to get right in between its feathers, to clean out the dirt, to get rid of the parasites and all the little things that are there, It cleanses itself in the flowing river. Let him who has an ear hear what the Spirit is saying. And after it has cleansed itself in the flowing river, 
with difficulty, it now makes its way back up to the rock. Hmm. And what does it do there? It stays there, interest in this, for about 40 days. Now it's not eating. More than that, it takes about 40 days for its feathers to grow back. (laughs) I wish we had time. The significance of 40 in the scriptures is very, very important. Sufficient for me to just throw out a little seed thought here. It's in the high place of the rock, in the presence of the sun, after having dealt with all of the things that are wrong and cleansing in the river, that it returns to allow the natural work of its feathers to grow back again. And if you want a special time of becoming renewed and refreshed, sometimes you have to get alone, away from everybody else, and you have to be more interested in the progress than the pain of coming before God and saying what was said earlier on, being still and knowing that he is God, and saying, creating me a clean heart, O Lord, allowing the rubbish to be dealt with and bathing in the flow of God's river, of the Holy Spirit itself. Then you go and you wait and allow God to do its own work in your heart and life. Special time. We all need it. I'm telling you, we all need it. I used to do it every year, actually, and I've determined I am going to do it this year. I'm going to get alone for... Uh, probably just, it'll probably be a week, but I'm determined I'm going to do it. I used to do it when I was in pastoral ministry every year. I'd go away, usually in September, October time. Very, very important. So he said, well, John, that's, that's pretty good. What's it doing? Just, just lying on the rock. Yeah, just lying on the rock. Just a... It is doing something, though. Do you know what it's doing? It's doing this. So what on earth is it doing? On the rock... It is resharpening its talons. Because over the period of years, things have grown on its talons and it's not quite as sharp as what it used to be. Its beak has perhaps got little growths on it. And so it, it's doing this and knocking its beak on the rock and sharpening its beak again. So after 40 days, something has happened. It's become renewed, even like when it was a young eaglet. Because you see, I told you it didn't eat. No. So now it's leaner and meaner than ever before. It can swoop again at up to 200 miles an hour. And the rabbits, they can't hear it coming because now all of its feathers are back in its right place. It's clean, it's fresh. It is totally renewed. So much so that the suggestion is that after that period of time, it can even soar higher than it's ever done before. Hmm. There are some of you that need to hear this because you want to be men and women of faith. I trust you all do. But in order for that to happen, some of you need to hear the word of the Lord to just spend a few days alone. To let God deal with areas of your life. To become sharp again in order that you can be all that God's created you to be. Uh, You don't need to do this all the time. I'm talking about a special time, a dedicated time, a time of really pushing in that some of you have perhaps never, ever really experienced. So perhaps you've never really experienced what God can do in and through you. But I did say there were two ways. One of them is that special time, but the other is a daily time of becoming renewed. 
I think this is very, very interesting, you see, because what happens with the eagle, it involves a daily process of passing every feather. This is before it sets out from the nest, from the rock. Before it goes hunting, before it does anything, before it rides on the waves of air. Before it sets out every day, every day, it preens itself. And that means that it passes every feather through its beak. You've seen birds perhaps doing it. Because as it passes every feather through its beak, it breathes on them. (laughs) Breathe on me, breath of God. Fill me with life anew, that I might love what you love and do what you would do. We need not just the special times of refreshing, but daily we need the breath of God upon our lives. We need that breath of the Holy Spirit to fill us and thrill us. You see, we've had a wonderful testimony of a couple who are young, yet senior in years. And you say, I wish I could be like that. You can, if you pay the price that they pay. I'll guarantee they know what it is. It even came out in the little testimony that Colin had of needing the filling of the Holy Spirit, the breath of God. But not only does it provide cleansing through that breathing, And with this, I'm beginning to wind it up towards a close. But it's got a little oil gland. And every single day when it's preening itself, it's not only breathing on its feathers, but it's secreting a little drop of oil. So that when it goes into the water, of course, it's protected. You've all heard that saying, you know, water off a duck's back. That's because there's a kind of a covering. It's kind of a, it's not just the thickness of the feathers. It's because there's, the, the, the water just kind of flows off the feathers. It's the same with the eagle because it's got an oiling that takes place. Yes, the breath on the feathers provides cleansing. The re-oiling of every feather provides protection. And so, it is. That in this time, July, that's nearly gone now, August, a time when we can become refreshed by perhaps having a bit of a break, a bit of a holiday, so that, so that we might come back with a fresh sense of faith in order to be all that God wants us to be. We must not neglect the daily discipline of having the breath of God upon us and the oil of the Holy Spirit. Oil in the Bible is a symbol, a type, a picture of the Holy Spirit. So, this is what I've come to say to you today. told you I was going to go a totally different route. I just want to know what kind of a bird you are. Ostrich? I hope not. A turkey, a magpie, a starling. <laughs> hey, I'm going to tell you, nothing but the desire to become an eagle Christian will satisfy. Nothing will satisfy your destiny than pushing in to become the eagle is the king of the birds and you have been made, if you're a Christian, into a kingdom of priests. 
God has great potential for you. God wants you to soar like never before, to see from a perspective that you've never seen. And for this season within the life of the church, as men push into their faith level like never before, oh, it's great, but some of you say, but hang on, John, I'm a little bit old, I'm a little bit young, I'm a little bit tired. That's okay, because he's an again God. And I'm here today to tell you that he again wants to refresh you so that you can actually carry the spirit of a youth. Oh, you may not be able to quite run quite as fast in the physical, but I prophesy over every older man and woman here that you can soar to heights like you've never sawn. I want to prophesy over every man and woman who might be weary and tired, might have blown it. It's okay. Ah, there's consequences, of course, of blowing it, but there is a place we can get to again where we can repent and be lifted up and that we can spend time with God. Oh, some of you, please, please, write into your diaries tonight a time when you're going to get alone with God and allow him to do something. Make it a prolonged period of time, two, three, four, five days if possible. Get alone with God. Uh, No conference, nobody else, just you and him. We all need that every now and again. But don't let that be a substitute for daily. Coming before him and allowing him to breathe upon us and fill us with the Holy Spirit. Let's bow our heads in a word of prayer.